going to be reading one verse of scripture this afternoon found in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. As you're going there, church, I want to thank you, um, all of you, on behalf of my family, my wife and I, for the uh, just the outpouring of, of love and appreciation last Sunday at Pastor's Day. So God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, for doing that, and we we love you, and I hope you receive that. You receive it? Amen. We love you in return, and we thank you for uh, taking that time out. It, it really, uh, it's always special. So I, I want to today focus just on this one verse. The Bible says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. Amen. In Je Someone say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of God. I'm going to hold my title just for a moment. A few years ago, while on vacation in Puerto Vallarta, praise God, we were driving through the old town, uh, and if you've ever been there, in the old town, there's these uh, cobblestone streets, and it's really bumpy. And as we were driving through along the way, we happened to drive uh, over an unusual bridge that uh, caught my attention. Uh, this small bridge was unusual because of its sidewalk. On one end of the bridge is a ramp, which is uh, it's perfect for anyone who is uh, on a wheelchair or has trouble walking, and uh, it's perfect for them. It's a smooth and really nicely paved ramp uh, that goes all the way up to the, the top of the bridge. But you, you, you better be healed by the time you get to the top of the bridge because in order to get down on the other side, you have to walk down about 30 stairs. There's no ramp on the other side of the bridge. <laughs> I'm not sure what the builders had in mind, but they, they certainly had a lot of faith, I think. In fact, the locals call it the Miracle Bridge because uh, if you can't walk, it basically takes a miracle to get on the other side of the bridge. And I thought to myself, that would be a perfect spot for a healing service right there, huh? You come up in your wheelchair, but you're going to leave walking. <laughs> thought about that, and in any case, that Miracle Bridge, it, it reminded me of the scripture that I read today. A, a, a mediator is a bridge. I'm going to say bridge. A mediator is a bridge. It's something or someone that brings two points together. And that's who Jesus is. He came to bridge the gap between God and man. He came to be the real miracle bridge. Can someone say amen today? And I want to borrow that that, that, that name of that bridge uh, for the title of today's message because when I saw that bridge that day, it, it reminded me of what Jesus came to do, that he provides a ramp for us to get to him. He provides a way uh, to come to him with our problems, with our sin, with our dysfunctions, our hang-ups and our issues. But he doesn't leave us that way. Because by the time we get to the other side, we ought to be changed and different. To never be the same again. Now you cannot talk about bridges until you first talk about 
gaps. Gaps are separations. They are voids between two disconnected points, chasms between two unreachable places. In the physical world, gaps created by canyons, bodies of water, man-made spaces, make it nearly impossible to reach your destination without a bridge. We need bridges, oftentimes, to reach where we want to go in this world. Uh, sometimes it's impossible to get where you want to go, or you have to double or triple the time to get there. So bridges provide very uh, necessary means of getting where we need to go. And I want to tell you today that it's the same in the spirit world. Now, without a bridge, there are certain gaps and gulfs that make it impossible for us to reach our spiritual destinations. And as we think about this today, as we think about gaps and gulfs and, and, and wide divides that could possibly exist between where we are in, in a metaphorical sense, in a spiritual sense, and where we need to go, uh, it could feel like an impossibility. Uh, it could feel like we are without hope or that we'll possibly never arrive where we believe we are destined to be. And today I want you to think about two very uh, important colossal gaps to focus on today in particular. And, and those two would be sin and shame. These are two gaps that uh, I want us to consider this afternoon as it relates to our, our own lives and as it relates to where it is that God wants us to go. How many of you want to go where God wants you to go? Amen. God has a plan for all of us, but these two gaps, these two uh, uh, divides, these two voids can make it virtually impossible to reach our destination in God. And so if you would allow me for a few moments, I want to get into this, and, and I know that uh, there may be bits and parts of this message that are very simple, but I, but I come with a simple message, a simple gospel message today for somebody who needs to get over these gulfs in your life. Sin and shame go hand in hand. In fact, they are Satan's one-two punch. And they typically will appear uh, together in concert. Wherever there is sin, uh, more often than not, there is shame. It accompanies it oftentimes. What Satan loves to do is he loves to tempt us into sin. And then it leaves us inevitably in a state of shame, feeling uh, ashamed, feeling exposed and broken, uh, wanting to hide. Uh, this is what happens when sin enters our life or what happens when we fall. This is exactly what happened with Adam and Eve when they fell uh, into sin in the Garden of Eden. And in the aftermath, they, like all of us, needed a bridge to get back to where they belonged uh, with God, both physically and uh, emotionally, every aspect of their life, but ultimately and most importantly, spiritually. Uh, there was a great divide that occurred, a great schism between uh, God and, and, and His beloved creation, Adam and, and Eve. And ever since then, sin has a way of separating us. But, but I want to thank God today because God did not leave us helpless. Can somebody give God some praise today? Amen. 
Amen. I said, God did not leave us helpless. But why don't we deal with these two gaps today? Because I want to uh, help somebody understand. I want to help clear the fog and, and give someone clarity about these gaps that can occur uh, in our life. But let's first talk about the gap of sin. Let's talk about this gap today. And I'm just going to deal with these two, uh, of sin and shame. But since the fall of man, man's widest uh, schasm, man's widest uh, uh, gap is sin, which entered the world when Adam disobeyed God by eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And from that point on, sin continued to separate us from God. It continued to uh, divide man from his creator, God, who is holy, uh, sinless, and righteous. Isaiah writes these words in Isaiah 59 and verse 2, but your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. One thing you need to understand about sin today, among all the things that it does, its primary effect in our life is that it separates us from God. Amen. It separates us from fellowship, from relationship with God. This is what sin does. It creates a, a void of space between us and God. It puts us on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I want you to understand today that there are no earthly bridges that could offer us a, a, a bridge or an, that could offer us a way of getting to God. There are no earthly bridges. There is no religion. There is no uh, philosophy. There are no good deeds that you can do that could possibly span the gap between you and God. There is nothing available to us in this world, nothing available to us within, uh, the, the, within the intellect of man, within, within any aspect of life that could possibly bridge that gap between us and God, that gap that's called sin. Paul illustrates this impossible separation when he writes in Romans 3.23, he said, for all, someone say for all, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have fallen short of his glory. Amen. I said we all have fallen short of his glory and are left on a cliff with no way of getting to God. No way of possibly reaching him. No way of possibly earning our uh, inheritance in, in heaven, no way of bridging that gap, of, of, of making up that hedge. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, God, he instituted various means, various, uh, various sacrificial substitutes and uh, uh, systems in order to atone for the sins of his people, which I don't have the time to get into today, but uh, you can read about it, various uh, uh, ways and, 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 and sacraments and um, systems of animal sacrifice and blood atonement to uh, uh, provide a temporary means of, of man approaching God. But it was never a permanent fix. It was never a perfect fix. It was simply a type and a shadow. It was simply a temporary measure until a more perfect sacrifice came. His name is Jesus Christ, uh, who would come to ultimately atone and reconcile the world back 
to God. Amen. And it was only Jesus who could do this for us. No other means. No other way. I want to paint this picture for you today because possibly there is somebody today who thinks somewhere in the corner of your mind that through your own inventions and through your own good works and through your own righteousness and through your own good behavior and through your own efforts and, and, and through, the, and through the, the ways of man and through the philosophies of man and through science or through medicine or, or through psychology or all these things that possibly it could bridge this great dysfunction in our life, this, uh, this depraved state that we are in and get us to God or get us to some kind of uh, uh, euphoric state, some kind of salvation. But, but you need to know that there is nothing this side of eternity, there is nothing man-made that could ever bridge that gap and get us from where we are to where God is. So therefore God sent His only begotten Son that He might dwell among us and we would behold His very face and He might be that heavenly bridge. Amen, somebody, to get us to God. Can you clap your hands today and give God some praise? Paul gives us a clear picture of this miracle bridge of salvation when he writes in Romans 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, this one verse, because, you know, you can, you can share the whole gospel just with this one verse right here. If you're looking for a verse to share the gospel with someone, I just gave you one right here. This actually explains really in one verse the whole gospel right here. For the wages of sin is death. Now, in this verse, we can break it up into two parts. And the first part is the gap. The wages of sin. Someone say wages. Now, what is a wage? A wage is a payment that you earn in exchange for your work. Just like your employer pays you a wage, right? It's what you earned. That's a wage. It's a payment. And the wage or the payment, uh, the payment of sin. Now, now, what is sin? Sin is any thought, word, or lifestyle displeasing to God. Any thought, let me repeat that, any thought, word, or lifestyle that is contrary to God's nature. Contrary to who God is. It's, it's contrary to what His Word says. It is displeasing to Him. But it's not just what you do or think, because some might say, well, I think I've been a pretty good person most of my life. I, I, I don't think I'm a sinner. Well, the Bible teaches us that we are all born in sin. So even from the moment that you first came into this world, David wrote that he was born, he said, I was born in sin and iniquity was I shaped. So sin is not just an action or a thought. Sin is a state of being. Sin is how you are born. It's, it, it's in your human DNA. So whether we like it or not, that's what we deserve. So the wages of sin, or excuse me, that, that's, the, uh, the, that's, that's how it is. So the wages of, uh, of sin, he goes on to say, is death. Amen. What is death? Death is eternal separation from God. So the wages... The payment of sin is eternal separation from God. A life of sin 
could only lead you to death. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? <laughs> a life of sin, could the wages of sin, the only payment you could expect, the only reward, if you want to call it that, the only thing you can expect to receive living a life of sin is death. What is death? Eternal separation from God. This leaves us on an impossible cliff. This leaves us on a cliff of eternal sorrow and hopelessness. However, I've got good news for you today. The verse doesn't end there. Because the second part says, but the gift of God. Someone say but. <laughs> the devil thought he had me, but God. Amen. The devil thought it was hopeless, but God. Sin thought it had a grip on me, but someone say but. <laughs> But God had an answer. Hey, amen. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. My life was over, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. It seemed like all hope was lost. It seemed like sin would have put us in in possible situation but God for God so loved the world hallelujah that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life oh praise God for that amen the miracle bridge over the gap of sin is forgiveness someone say forgiveness and that bridge of forgiveness was paved by the blood of Jesus and the cross that he died on for you and I. This bridge, hallelujah, is the only bridge. It is the only way. You've got to understand Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me, hallelujah. There is no other way. Amen. Amen, somebody. Am I preaching the truth today? I said there is no other way. There is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the bridge. If you're looking for a bridge to make heaven your home, look no further because the Jesus that I preach today is that miracle bridge to get you through those gates and to make heaven your everlasting home. Come on, let's give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. This is really simple. But sometimes we got to make it plain. We got to make it simple. We got to call sin what it is. And I think one of us or all of us need to understand that this bridge of salvation is a two way street. Come on, can I talk about this a little bit now? It's a two-way street. Everything that I'm talking about, everything that I'm saying, this bridge that I'm offering you is a two-way street. In order to cross this bridge, you are going to have to repent of your sins. Amen. If you don't repent of your sins, then you will stay on your side of the gap. 
You will stay on your side of the bridge. And if you don't make heaven your home and you spend an eternity in hell, it won't be God's fault because he already drew the bridge. And it's up to you to repent. Wow, pastor, that's kind of extreme. Are you saying I'm going to hell? Yes, you're going to hell if you do not cross the bridge that Jesus lived. I know that's not popular. I know we're not supposed to say that now in the year 2023. But this preacher has a responsibility to tell you that you got to oh, repent. This is what the Bible says. Acts 2.38 shows us how to cross that bridge. The Bible says, then Peter said unto them, repent. Someone say, repent. He said, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you want to cross that bridge and get over your sin, then you've got to repent of your sins sins get out of that lifestyle get out of that thinking get out of that living get out of that ungodliness get out of that debauchery get out of that ungodly relationship get out of that my god get out of that sin get out of that backwards thinking and cross the bridge and god will meet you right there Oh, hallelujah. And just like that miracle bridge that I saw in Puerto Vallarta, amen. Uh, it's got a ramp on one side. Uh, you know how easy God is making it for you today? He built a ramp. Uh, it's so easy. We make it harder than what it is. Uh, all you got to do is take a step uh, of faith uh, and say what God has for me is greater than where I've been. Uh, I'm tired of being stuck on this side. I want this eternal promise. Uh, and so therefore, I'm willing to turn away from sin I'm willing to put my past behind me I'm willing to cross this bridge and accept this gift of eternal salvation so that I can spend eternity with Jesus that bridge amen and if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin then consider this your official invitation that God wants to save your soul but it's a two-way someone say it's a two-way street you got to meet them there. And like that bridge I saw, if you'll just walk up that ramp, uh, you might, you're going to walk up. Uh, you will walk up broken. You will walk up in the, you will walk up with sin. You will walk up with problem. By the time you get to the top, oh, hallelujah, uh, something's going to happen. God's going to change you. God's going to renew you. God's going to bless you. And you'll be able to walk on your own two feet. Amen. So this is the message of the gospel. This is the message that we need to preach. This is the message that we need to live. And by the way, even after you've been baptized and born again of the water and the spirit, we fall short of the glory of God. And if you have found yourself uh, in sin, if you, have, if you find yourself living, uh, living, uh, living the wrong life, uh, I can tell you today that God is just. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 6, 6, 1 John 1, 6 says, if we confess our sins, uh, God is faithful and just, amen, somebody, to forgive. Give us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, somebody give God some praise for that. There is hope for you today. You don't have to stay on that side. You don't have to stay there. So the gap of sin, there's a miracle bridge you can cross today. Amen. And then there's another gap. I told you there was two. 
and the next gap is the gap of shame. Someone say shame. Now, first of all, I need to say something. <laughs> I need to say that not all shame is bad. <laughs> you know, not all shame is bad. I know that for the most part we think it's a bad thing, and, and, and I'm going to get there in a moment. But, but I think there's sometimes we need shame because without a sense of guilt and shame, I don't think we would feel remorse for being in our sins <laughs> and feel the need to regret. <laughs> Uh, or excuse me, I need to, to repent. I, I think um, shame sometimes helps us recognize our need to change. Uh, that type of, you know, that type of shame is a good thing. And I think some people could use a lot more of it. Because some people don't have any shame. Oh, hallelujah. You liked me about five minutes ago, but I don't know if you're going to like me now. Some shame is good. Some shame is good. Some, somebody say sometimes it's good, huh? Sometimes it's good. A little bit of shame can help get right with God. Amen. So that, that's a little commercial right there. However, the shame that I think I need to deal with right now is the one that even after God has forgiven you, even after you have experienced his mercy, even after he has shown you grace, still, it seems, because of shame, you pull away from him. Even after that. And this kind of shame is what drives people away from God. This kind of shame is what drove Adam and Eve to hide from the presence of the Lord. After they fell. They hid from God. And they clothed themselves with fig leaves that they had sewed together. Let's read in Genesis 3.8. I'll be just a few more moments, but... This is important. I need to get through this point today. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, let me just pause there. If God didn't love them, and if God hadn't already showed them mercy, I guarantee he wouldn't be walking in the garden looking for them in the cool of the day. If God cuts you off, believe me, you'll know you've been cut off. <laughs> But he's coming looking for you, huh? And the very fact that he comes looking for you is a sign that it's not over. Amen. It's a sign that his grace and his mercy is still available. Ah, hallelujah. So he's walking in the cool of the day. And you know what he's looking for? His walking partner. Huh? He's looking for Adam. And, and, but here's what happens. It says, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees. Someone say trees. Say it again. Say trees. They hid among the trees of the garden. Now, the reason why I had you repeat those words is because I want to approach this from a different angle than maybe what we're used to. When we look at the story and what we study, what happened at the fall and God's plan of redemption here and what Adam and Eve did to try to substitute or cover themselves. We focus on the fig leaves, and rightly so. But I'm interested not in what they covered themselves, but I'm, I'm, I'm also interested in where they hid. They, they hid among the trees. Now, this stuck, this stuck out to me. It stuck, it stuck out to me for, for a few reasons. It stuck out to me because you got to remember their whole problem got started 
because they chose to eat from the wrong tree. Hmm? Everything about their situation and the predicament that they were in, they were in that predicament because they chose, it revolved around choosing to eat from the wrong tree. So think about that. Tree, then, the two trees that God put in the garden represents decisions. All right. It represents a choice. Someone say decisions. It represents, the trees in the garden represent decisions. It's a choice. And obviously, they made the wrong choice. Let me tell you something. When people want to hide, they don't barricade themselves in their bedroom, lock the door, and put the sofa behind the door. When people want to hide, I'll tell you where they hide. They hide in their decisions. Oh, I'm going to help you today. <laughs> the trees represent decisions. They got themselves in their predicament because they made the wrong choice. So when God came looking for them in their shame, they hid themselves back in the trees. They hid themselves in practically a forest. And they hid themselves in this place because of shame. They hid in their and their shame. And what people do today is they hide in their decisions that put more obstacles between them and God. Let me tell you something. The truth is 90% of our lives are a choice. I'm getting to the point now. First of all, I'm getting tired of hearing people's excuses, for one. You better bring up the piano player. My God. Huh? I'm here to tell you that 90% is a choice. I understand you couldn't choose where you were born. I understand you couldn't choose the family you were born into. I understand you couldn't choose uh, a lot of things, the color of the skin, the color of your eyes. There's certain things you just couldn't choose. I understand that you might have been a victim. There might have been certain things that you had no control over. But after that, most of your life is the result of the choices that you make. So don't tell me that it's this or that, that it's out of your control. If you want to be here at church, then it's your choice to be here. Uh-oh. Might want to cut the live stream, brother. Someone say, it's a choice. We don't like hearing that it's a choice. I'll tell you why we don't like hearing that it's a choice. Because once we hear that it's actually a choice, then it puts the responsibility on us. We can't blame people for where we're at. We can't say, well, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just here because what? Because, because you made a choice. And what I've come to understand is that the root cause of these kinds of decisions that put more obstacles between them and God, at the root of it, is shame. At the root of it is somebody who doesn't feel like they're worthy. At the root of it is somebody who doesn't feel like they belong. And what they do is they make it harder and harder for God to touch them. They make it harder and harder to be committed. Make it harder and harder to find the healing that they need. Hear me today. The growth that they need. They make it harder and harder to grow spiritually, to grow emotionally, to be the person, to be the man or the woman of God that God has called them to be. And they hide among the trees. 
Ooh, my Lord. And there are people today, under the sound of my voice, there are people today in this world, Christians and saints, that are hiding among the trees. And I'm looking for them. And God is looking for them. Come on up here. I'm I'm serious this time. Come on up. And and, and we're looking for them. But they're in the forest. They're in the trees. I want to ask, what trees have you been hiding in? What trees have you been hiding in? Oh, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. The reason they hide behind those decisions, I think in many cases it's shame. You don't think you're worthy. You don't think, oh God, you don't think that God wants you. You don't think that your presence matters. You don't think the church needs you. You don't think you're loved. Think that you matter. Like Adam and Eve, you hide among the trees. A million excuses among the wrong people, among the wrong places. Can I tell you today? God loves you so much. You know what He does? He walks towards the trees. And then he extends a bridge and said, I know you think I forgot about you. I know you, th- I know you think, mm, Jesus, that there was no coming back. I know you think that you messed up too bad this time. I know you think that you're not loved. I know you think that it's over. But Adam and Eve, I need you to know that I have provided a bridge. the way this bridge is also a tree it's a wooden bridge it's Calvary's tree oh my lord my god you can get out of the woods of shame if you simply walk on the wood of that cross and say ah my god the bridge has already been drawn all I've got to do is step out in faith. Peter summed it up this way. He said, he himself, as I close, he himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. I invite you to stand with me today, church. Hallelujah, God. I, I stand before you today. I stand before you as, hallelujah, if you can just imagine, I stand before you as someone who is offering a bridge. This is your ticket back, to get back to where you belong in God, to, mm, Jesus, to be saved from your sin. Invite you right there where you are. If you would just close your eyes, I just feel the presence of God in this place. I feel in my heart right now, I feel in my spirit that God is dealing with somebody today. God's dealing with somebody right now. 
Someone is right on the edge. You're on the edge of the cliff. You're on the edge of the gap. I want you to imagine right now that there is a bridge, and that bridge is the cross. And that's what I've come to preach today. I've come to preach about that cross, that living bridge, that if you want what I'm offering you today, which is eternal life, then consider this an open door. Consider this your invitation. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if we could just worship the Lord for a moment. I feel there is somebody right now that's right there. Hallelujah, Jesus. God loves you today. And God doesn't want you to be damned. God doesn't want you to miss out on this eternal opportunity, this great reward that we have. You see, the Lord put this message on my heart this week. Because God loves somebody today. God, God's trying to reach somebody. God wants you to know that he's got a plan for you. That he wants to save you from your sins. And all you've got to do is repent. All you've got to do is repent today. I'm going to invite the praise team if you could come on up. And then I want to just open this altar up this afternoon. Because if there is somebody today that you need to walk across that bridge and get over your sin or get over your shame, you need to take this invitation seriously today. You need to take this invitation serious. You need to take this invitation like your life, like your future depends on it so I'm going to pray for you right now Father in the name of Jesus God I come before you at this very hour Lord I thank you Lord for what you've done God I thank you for your word I thank you God for the bridge that you came to this earth to draw when we couldn't get to you Lord you came to us and God today you sent me here brought me to this place, God, to preach this simple message to somebody, God, because you know that someone's life, someone's destiny, someone's soul is hanging in the balance, God, and I pray right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would stir their hearts, Lord.